diferentes caras, etapas diferentes Y los mismos que me odian dicen que son mis parientes Vato, 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 how you make this get down Me aguanten buenos el hombre y dos más who break the sound Hello everyone, welcome to the Sunday night's main event, Monday Night Raw Review, Tuesday Morning Cook. Look, we did Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Well done. I'm Mike McGuire. I'm Joe Aguinaldo. Oh yeah, we got this much flow tonight, my friends. We got this much flow tonight. I've, I'm impressed that you got through that without stumbling. <laughs> like, this is what I do, man. This is my <laughs> life. I live for this. Yeah. <laughs> it's... <laughs> I got through three of the days of the week, Joe. Thank you for the high praise. That's very kind of you. So for those of you just joining us for the first time, this is what we do for the first little bit of the show is we usually chat and end up making fun of each other a little bit. But we also talk about Monday Night Raw and the show that was, and we try and get to it in well under the three hours that the show actually takes to air. So as our gift to you tonight, we promise you that you will not get any longer than a one-hour review of Monday Night Raw. And that will get you through the entire show, especially the last part, because, boy, are we going to blow through it. But (laughs) before we go there, we always like to catch up with each other, catch up with you, uh, talk about maybe some things going on in the world, whatever. And we'll start with the Joe's world today. Joe, tell us about your week. It was a pretty busy week at work. Um, I, I did give one of our execs some street cred what i i saw one of our okay i saw one of our oh okay i'm blown away here like like an executive at your major media broadcasting company you gave them street cred yes because what happened was i saw her on crutches okay and i was like oh my god what happened and she's like what happened well, I she didn't tell me, but what she said okay. was it's really boring and I'm a klutz. <laughs> but what I need is a really cool like story. Give right. me a story. Right. So I'm like, are you serious? So she's coming and, to you, the IT guy, rather well, I, than yeah, the I just happened, creative writers that are in that building. I, I think what it might have <laughs> been was I was wearing my Samoa Joe shirt, like the one that says Joe, 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 Joe. So she was like, where'd you get that shirt? And I'm like, it's a wrestling shirt. And she was like, can you give me an excuse for my leg? So she sees a guy named Joe wearing a shirt that says Joe, 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 and says this, this type of person right here is clearly the most creative person in the building that I can get a story from. I, apparently so clearly he's so, not someone that just loses his shirt all the time <laughs> and can't see his name on it so we have to put it on repeatedly <laughs> okay so what was the story you came up with so I, I said we're okay if you really want a story and she's like yes I'm like okay tell everybody that you were rolling in a Brazilian jiu-jitsu class and you got caught in a heel hook but you didn't tap on time and you got hurt well, so so apparently she told a few people on a phone call that that's what happened. And they all freaked. They're all like, come on. Are you serious? And she was like, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah. oh, you, but there you go. I gave her some street cred for about, you know, two minutes. Yeah, but here's the thing, Joe. You could have given her a much better story. You could have uh, gone to the pro wrestling angle here and you could have said, yeah, I, I was rolling around in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I got caught in this. What was it? A toehold? A heel hook. Heel hook. You could have said, I got caught in this heel hook 
and I didn't tap out. <laughs> I passed out from the pain, <laughs> but I did not give up. See, and then, then that carries her through the next feud. So if she, you know, slips off her steps and breaks her ass or whatever, then, you know, she can come back and be like, yeah, jujitsu, eh? Yep, that's what happened. <laughs> so. Speak, actually, speaking of not passing out, and this is, this isn't necessarily, like, good, but it does show the toughness of older generation Filipinos, okay? Okay. So my parents are in the Philippines right now. Right. And are they putting people in heel hooks right now? No, no, no. So I get a call from a brother and he's like, Joe, don't be alarmed. But mom fell and hit her head. She's 82. Okay. Right. I'm like, what? And, a, and he's like, yeah, like I heard she's in emergency. They're just getting her checked out. She's got a bump on her head. Holy okay? crap. Yeah. That's this, is the, this, is the, this is in the, no, no. Okay. So yes, it was, but my sister, cause like my sister long story but she she's adopted and she's from the philippines so she knows a lot of the people that my parents are visiting right okay just to calls me back like five minutes later she's like everyone stand down mom fell yesterday she's out shopping today they're fine i'm like oh <laughs> okay and then like my my i, I told my son this and <laughs> my, my my youngest kid goes yeah that sounds like typical grandma yeah yeah that sounds about right and then my dad called me today and he's laughing. He's like, yeah, yeah, don't worry. Everyone's fine. We're, we're just, we're, we're eating right now. And I'm like, just, oh my just God. Just falling all over the place. Yeah, just falling all over the place, hitting my head. It's all good. We're good. Yeah. I'm like, She's all right. got one of those big cartoony head bandages on right now. <laughs> well, apparently it, it she got, does have a lump. <laughs> there's little stars shooting out. <laughs> like I, I throbbing. <laughs> like, like I. I, I do hope she's okay, obviously, but also knowing my mom, she's like, yeah, I'll just walk it off. Like, that's their attitude, right? I'll walk off a head injury. Just tell me. Holy <laughs> crap. Wow. <laughs> like, like I said, that generation of Filipinos is something else. Let me tell you. Have you seen the bizarre footage of Tony Atlas? on Twitter where he's wishing people a happy new year. And I don't know if it's his wife or someone he paid, but she's literally, he's like laying on his side and she's oh! punching him in the face. Yeah. Repeatedly. And then when she's done punching him in the face, she then starts stomping on his face. Okay. And, and then he stops after like the sixth or seventh stomp and then goes, Happy New Year. Okay, so I saw that I saw that video. It was like a reel on Facebook or something. Yeah. But it was it was blurry. And so I didn't know who that was. That's Tony Atlas. That's Tony Atlas. Wow, because she was hitting pretty good. Like you could hear those, you could hear the contact there. She's, like she's hitting him. And then even if you don't think the punches or slaps are real, she then starts stomping on his head. <laughs> yeah, that, oh my god, that's Tony Atlas. I was wondering who that was. And Tony Atlas allegedly is well known for having a thing for feet. So now, all right, <laughs> like, like you know that guy has paid cash for some weird stuff in his life. You know, if, if this uh, is his Happy New Year greeting to people, I'm I'm gonna leave that one alone. But oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, those are things that don't show up on the credit card. No. <laughs> 
Wow. Happy <laughs> New Year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> For those that don't remember laughing, Tony Atlas, that was a trip down memory lane to early 2000 aughts. Oh, Monday God. Night Raws for you. Oh, God. So bad. Who was he with when they were doing that? It wasn't Shelton. Was it Carlito? Oh, sure man. I don't. Came down the aisle with somebody who was laughing Tony Atlas. I don't so remember bad. that, man. Oh. Anyway, forgive me as I enjoy a beverage here. So, other than that, uh, other than your mom getting a serious head wound, everything's okay? Yeah, yeah, and still haven't bought a drum set yet. Still debating. Mm, yeah, I uh, we were talking about this off the air. I found out what drum kit you're buying. This is a nice drum kit, man. If if I were you, I would buy this. Stop. No, <laughs> you're not. You really, you, you really should buy this. So for those that don't know, everybody pressure Joe. Send him the <laughs> link. Okay, uh, long mcquadecom and uh, this is not a plug, by the way, unless Long and McQuaid would like to give us money because we will gladly take it. Oh, I would gladly take that. <laughs> Actually, you know what he would gladly take is a drum kit is what mm-hmm. Joe would take. So if you want to or, or a Fender Stratocaster. Well, think about this, though, for a second. OK. I don't know what the markup on drum kits is. But for a mention like we're giving it now, the price is six hundred and fifty nine dollars Canadian. OK, Canadian. So like 30 bucks U.S. <laughs> and like you know maybe like 10 pounds 10 british pounds i don't know how many euros it would be but we can do the math afterwards anyway it's it's a lovely looking drum kit especially in the burgundy and i'm thinking like if we sit here and plug this drum kit joe should get a drum kit <laughs> it's got to be less than it would be to pay cash right because if we said we wanted 500 dollars for a mention on this show which it's a gross <laughs> overstatement, by the way. But, but let's say we want to do $500 a mention on here, right? Okay, well, you know that drum kit's not costing them $659. It's not costing them $500. It's not. So, Long and McQuaid, get a drum kit into the hands of Joe Aguinaldo. And he will play it on this show. There you go. Probably just bad rim shots and stuff, but still... Hey, hey easy there. I'm I have, about, I, for, what would we use it for this show? What would we need a drum solo in this right, show for, Joe? Fair. Thank you. I don't know. I'll, I'll figure something out. <laughs> Hold on. I'll, I'll workshop <laughs> something. <laughs> anyway, it's the uh, the Mapex Tornado five-piece drum kit with cymbals and hardware. So there you go. There you go. Check it out if you want to see the drum kit that Joe wants to buy, because that's the one right there. And, it's, uh, <laughs> and, and make sure you use the drop-down menu to go to the Burgundy. Because it looks way better than the uh, the black set, or let me see, let me see the blue set. Yeah, even the blue set doesn't look as good as the red one does. That red. No, it's got to be it's got to be burgundy, man. That burgundy's that's dope. It's dope, yo. Cool. Well, that's your week. Uh, do I dare delve into mine? How was your week? Mm, I've had better. <laughs> My New Year's was weird. My everything was weird. <laughs> I don't know. I was I was that guy that was in bed by 10 on New Year's. Like, it was just, yeah, just sucked. I, all my friends went and did things, and I just got back from traveling, and it was like, oh, I guess I'll just hang around here, I guess, and reorganize, rebuilt the studio here, and, and did stuff like that. And then uh, I decided to take a trip on the weekend, and uh, that was weird, too, for many reasons. Um, some I won't go into out of respect, but others are, 
how many comedy shows have you gone to, Joe? Uh, not not a huge amount. I don't know, maybe ten. Okay. So comedy clubs or just like like acts that are flown into town and like they play the arena or a, a bit of both, but m- mainly uh, like local comedy. Like yeah, I, I live by um. I used to live by, uh, what was it, Yuck Yucks, which okay. is a, like a local Perfect. comedy store here. Yeah. So usually just the local comedy guys. So I went to Edmonton to a Rick Bronson's comic strip, a place I love going to. But it never fails. I don't know why. Whenever I go to comic strip, and maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the guy that attracts this. <laughs> Somehow, some way, there is a happening every time I go. Where one person who's clearly never been to enough comedy shows or doesn't understand the rules of a comedy show gets ripe, rich, snort, and drunk and then decides that they have to become a social critic on the comedian's acts. Oh. So first of all, I want to give a big shout out to Irene Too. She is a comic out of California. She came up to Edmonton when it was, quote, unseasonably warm, which was, of course, a great joke right away. <laughs> but then she's also, I'll say, a very progressive comic. She's, you know, she introduces herself as the uh, the Asian skateboarding lesbian, which is cool. <laughs> and while Asian skateboarding lesbians are everywhere, uh, apparently not many of them were at that show that night. <laughs> so anyway, she has some great bits. Some are, are hilarious. Some are dirty. Some are just observationally funny as most comics are and then she's going into her big finish joke here and and being a student of the game as i'll call myself i'm i'm seeing it build i kind of know where we're going here but she uses terms kind of loosely like the way we would use terms you know like in this show for example we'd say uh you know oh bobby lashley damn near killed this guy he didn't really damn near kill the guy right right. it's it's a uh what's that word It's it's an expression embellishment right okay yeah so somewhere in this bit which is very deep and very dark and there's some emotion to it um i don't want to give it away because that's just not fair to her but but she uses the term ptsd just very flippantly like just loosely in the thing and by no means am i about to dismiss ptsd i mean i'm pretty sure i have some i'm pretty sure we all do for different things in our lives but this person in the crowd well, I will go ahead and say, A, doesn't go to comedy shows regularly. B, probably shouldn't drink as much as they did that night. And C, really shouldn't go to comedy shows if she doesn't know who's playing. Took offense to just those four letters being mentioned in this very large, elaborate piece of humor, right? Oof. So eventually that person ends up getting kicked out. And it just, it shook everybody. Like, the whole show was just kind of like, ugh. Yeah. You know, I, I think it honestly kind of <clears throat> ruined a, a lot of the night, but um, overall, the, the comedian was great. But, you know, you know, you go to those things and and why do why do people just feel like they have to be the one to ruin the whole party for everybody? Well, well that's the thing. Like, I'm not making light of PTSD either, but no. if you're going to a comedy club, you have to expect that, you know, some people are going to take some like not shots, but. That's what they're there for. They're there to yeah. make you laugh and, you know, make jokes. And, you know, and, and yeah, you might be insulted or you might get triggered. But that's that's a comedy club. If, if you don't think you can handle that, don't go. Don't go. <laughs> like, yeah. And the other thing 
is that um, if you are that person, you can still enjoy comedy, okay? Their names are Jeff Foxworthy, Jay Leno, and and that type of comic where you're going, you're getting Bill Clinton jokes in 2023 because why not? You know what I mean? <laughs> I only say that because last time I saw Leno live, he was still busting out Clinton jokes. And this was like only, only like 10 years ago, I think. Like it wasn't that long wow. ago. Wow. Right. Yeah, yeah, like uh, Bill Clinton, you know. Uh, wouldn't dress him with that. <laughs> so anyway, that's uh, that's part of that experience. Um, I had put out this list a while ago, and I realized today, after talking to a friend, that I'm still, um, I'm still kind of dealing with some things from last year, obviously. And so one of my big things this year is that I want to connect and reconnect with people, and so I'm maybe foolishly putting myself out there more than I have. I've been pretty guarded and pretty close to the chest, right? Uh, oddly enough, not here. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those things where I, I made, I called it my Cody Rhodes list, right? Where it was like just things I want to accomplish this year. Yeah. And the top one was reconnect and connect with people. And I find that when you do that, it makes things a lot more a lot more raw no pun intended when they happen so that's what also kind of made my week weird you know right i saw some old friends i tried you know making some new connections and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't and i'm just learning i guess that maybe sometimes what you put out there isn't what people take so that's uh it's a little depressing, a little dark here. Well, I mean it's somebody it, somebody it, drunk should get up and start it, yelling at me. That's oh, got wait, some that, that could that, be that, me. Hold on. <laughs> I mean that's got some substance to it at least. I mean, I I restarted DDP yoga, so I, I thought okay. <laughs> uh, I talked to him on the phone once and he sent me the program. And we, the funny thing is, we never did the interview, but it's not that I didn't want to. I've, I've actually reached out to DDP a few times, right? even since taking over uh, the main show here. And he's like, bro, I'm just so busy. <laughs> like, okay, well. Well, if, if you ever do have that interview, yeah, you let him know that I am doing his yoga four days a week on top of weights. You're being called monkey by your yogi four times a week. <laughs> because is it the original DDPY DVDs or is it something new now? Are you using the app? No, no, I'm using the DVDs. Okay, so because I have like the original DVDs when it was still DDPY or or YRG yoga for regular guys. Right, right. And and on <laughs> I'll never forget. Like it's like the third or fourth exercise, like, okay, monkey. <laughs> no, no, I, I must have the ones after that because yeah. not not once have I been called a monkey on these. Yeah. So. yeah, he literally calls you a monkey. It's hilarious. So anyway, uh, well, that's good. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll see if I get that interview now. <laughs> now I'm at the point like back then I was like, OK, this would be a cool interview to do. And then he showed up in AEW for a bit. But now I'm like, the hell would I talk to DDP about now? You know, I mean, yoga. Sure. I don't know. Anyway, ah, well. <laughs> I will say this. I'll give you a little sneak preview here. Uh, I do have some pretty exciting guests coming up. Right on. Some very exciting guests, as a matter of fact. And uh, yeah, it would just be kind of a 
uh, a shame here not to tell you about them. So, uh, we have some great guests coming up, including an AEW talent who is making some waves online right now. Nice. Uh, we have an AEW talent in the can who is probably uh, one of the most celebrated Canadians right now. And uh, we also have a comic who is a giant wrestling fan who I can say we have hacked on this very show. Wow. Yeah. So, All right. So lots of things in the oven here. Lots of lots of things cooking up. So if you would like to support the show and support what we do, again, we're, we're not doing this to, to make gajillions of dollars here, but if you could support our Patreon, patreon.com slash SNME radio, you get this show Tuesday morning cooked every week, although this one's going to be rotating now free, which is what I've been pushing for. I, I don't want people to pay for this show, mostly because I've heard it. But... <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> But in all seriousness, I mean, we're doing this as a passion, and that's great. So, anyway, we will be bringing you the best we can, and the goal is to keep going and keep growing. So, your support does that. So, thank you for doing that. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else fun or cool I got to say before we get going. Actually, just to add to that, this week, a, mm. a bunch a bunch of our podcasts are free. But we have, like, NXT Talk, because we've got the New Year's Evil coming up. So, we've got a review on that coming up. Right. Um, you've got the Boris and Matt podcast. They're going to be going through the 122 matches of 2022. And, uh, we've got one of our new podcasts, um, setting the standard. So it's a bunch of good stuff coming up this week, but yes. Um, you know, if you're so inclined, if you enjoy what you hear, you know, give us a shot. Patreon.com slash SNME radio. There you go. Well, on that note, Joe, to quote the comedian, which I have, openly said as a tribute but we're still hacking from (laughs) you want to go on a trip let's go on a trip let's go on a trip we are heading to the legacy arena at the bjcc what is that the bjcc in birmingham alabama brazilian jiu-jitsu combat club (laughs) no i hate you No, it's the, uh, I'm guessing it's the Birmingham Junior Community College. <laughs> sure. I don't know. Now I got to find out what this is. Anyways, we have uh, 7,088 tickets out. So that's good. It's a regular raw crowd. I want to know what BJCC is. Birmingham, Alabama. This is. Oh, Birmingham Jefferson Convention Complex. Oh, son of a gun. You. There you go. Do it. <laughs> Convention <laughs> Complex. That sounds like you have a, a, a you know a mental disorder. Like you know, I got a I got a Birmingham Jefferson Convention Complex. You know, and uh, careful, you might trigger somebody out there. Going to therapy for it now. <laughs> Taking some uh, Wellbutrin, some Venlafaxin for it. It's, it's helping level things out a bit. That was a look inside my life you never expected. Oof. All right, Joe, here we go. Monday Night Raw is happening. By the way, Joe took notes for this entire episode today because I'm tired. So uh, let's go. Actually, not only that, I'm going to try to do this within an hour. Here we go. Okay. So we start off with Kevin Owens coming to the ring. He has a mic. He says in three weeks at the Royal Rumble, I'm going to challenge Roman Reigns. However, we hear ding, 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 ding. And 
and out comes JBL. Uh, yeah. JBL <laughs> okay. JBL says the people in Alabama are about one generation from walking on all fours. <laughs> and while they, may, they while they may believe in Bigfoot, the UFO, and the Chupacabra, nobody believes. Oh, sorry, nobody in Redneckville, Alabama, you believes go. you can beat Roman Reigns. But let me introduce you to a person that has the only pinfall against the tribal chief. Welcome the modern day wrestling god, Baron Corbin. Okay, so as JBL is talking, Kevin Owens is paying attention. He's not happy. He's given kind of a grimace sort of face sort of thing. Baron Corbin comes in. What happens next, Joe? Okay, so Baron Corbin gets on the mic. He says, there is no chance that you could beat Roman Reigns. And I'm going to explain it to you all so you can understand. Roman Reigns is Georgia. Kevin Owens is Alabama. He's a loser. He says at the Royal Rumble, Roman is going to destroy you. And if I'm in that match, i.e. the Royal Rumble, I will go on to win and beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania to walk out the undisputed WWE Universal Champion. At this point, Kevin Owens (laughs) has gone from grimacing mean looks back at JBL to doing what we all want to do as this promo goes on and on and on. And he has buried his face into the top turnbuckle <laughs> and does not move for three solid minutes. <laughs> All right. So he's just standing there <laughs> leaning. It's on the slide for this week's episode, but it is it is a thing of beauty. Just, I was dying when he did that. Yeah. All right. So JBL goes, hey, are you in a food coma? When the wrestling god is talking to you, show respect. And Corbin says, if you want to take a nap, I'm happy to come in there and put you to sleep. KO finally puts his head up and he's like, no, I'm in a JBL and Corbin have been talking for three minutes and have nothing to say, coma. Yep. I have a good idea, though. I'm just the fight because I figured the bloodline would come out and pick a fight. But you two blowhards will do just fine. I can hit you with a stunner right away or we can ring the bell and I'll hit you with a stunner. Corbin walks to the ring, gets into the ring. The bell rings. And that leads us to Baron Corbin versus Kevin Owens. Uh, Right at the start of the match, JBL distracts KO, which allows Corbin to get the early advantage, but he misses a charge in the corner and KO takes over on offense. Corbin goes to the outside and KO gives chase, but Corbin ends up choke slamming Kevin Owens on the ring apron as we go to break. Mm -hmm. This match went, did it go two or three segments? Two. 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 Okay. So. so Anyway, we, we get a pretty raucous fisticuff sort of match here. Uh, going blow by blow isn't going to be our. Oh no no we're yeah it, it, don't worry we're not going to blow by blow here. So I think if anything we go right to the finish and then what happened afterwards yep. here because this is what really progressed things quite a bit. Yeah yeah so back in segment two, um you know they're going back and forth but um at the end Corbin hits a forearm and punches on KO, uh but KO hits a boot to the midsection gets a stunner and he gets the quick pin and the win. Now. After the match, though, uh-huh. the Usos and Solo Sokoa come out from the crowd and they start laying down, laying a beat down on Kevin Owens. Um, Kevin Owens, though, he comes back and he attacks the bloodline with a chair and the bloodline retreat up the ramp. And then all of a sudden, Adam Pierce and a bunch of official come, officials come out and they hold back Solo Sokoa, who's trying to get back into the ring at Kevin Owens. And that's the end of that sort of that segment. We see a recap of what happened between Alexa Bliss and Bianca Belair at the end of their match last week. And we have an update coming to for that as we go to our next break. Cool. I uh, 
I actually bought into the attack on Owens pretty well. I like the fact that, you know, once he got over out of desperation, he grabbed the chair. Yep. And that that's what scared him off. You know, it wasn't like he just miraculously sprung up and and started wailing guys. Like he had to he had to defend himself. He's throwing chairs at Usos and then yep. he comes out and hits Sokoa with one a few times. And that that was really I mean, it sounds simple, but I it it just seemed more realistic to me. Like it was more fun. So anyway. Uh, great, great showing by all involved. Of course, they're all pros. They know what's going on. So yeah, and especially Ko, like even like you know he he goes from funny to tough guy just like that. I gotta and- say, I I'm so happy that they have reignited the the fighter Kevin Owens because I mean the guy the guy in real life is a sweetheart. I got friends that are friends of his, and and everybody says great things. We've seen it for years. We have. I mean, if you follow the guy on Twitter, you know how wonderful of a dude he really is. But this this Kevin Owens on TV is is a work of art. I love it. Absolutely. All right. So segment three, we're back from break. They just they recap what happened between KO and the bloodline. We see Adam Pierce backstage and he stops the bloodline to let them know that there's tag team turmoil tonight and the winner gets the first shot at the Usos. They go to leave, but he holds Solo back and he says, Solo, the Usos are leaving, but you're staying because you have a match one-on-one with someone you victimized, Dolph Ziggler. Uh, Jay tries to protest. Uh, He talks about Kevin Owens, but Pierce says that he's taking care of Kevin Owens, who understands the ramifications if he sticks his nose in it. Then Graves, uh, Corey Graves announces Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn this Friday on SmackDown. Uh, And then we go to the announce table, or sorry, they they go through another recap of the Alexa Bliss, Bianca Belair match from last week. Mm-hmm. Kevin Patrick mentions that Bianca has some stitches and that Bliss was fined an undisclosed amount. Uh, um, and then all of a sudden, Bliss comes out on the announce table with a microphone. Yeah, it walks on top of the announce table, <laughs> yeah. which was uh, all right. If you that was all right. What she says a bit here. All right. So uh, Bliss says that Bianca may be the champion, but I'm the only one here. Uh, when I busted her face open, she decided to run and hide. She says that Bianca doesn't need to be afraid of Bray Wyatt or Uncle Howdy, but she's afraid of me because I am the face of evil. And when she said that, she actually kneeled down and got right into Corey Graves' face. Yeah. Um, she says that she doesn't feel bad for what happened. Uh, and she says that she hasn't felt this good in a really long time because she's taken control and she's the one in charge. Um, she has the world in her whole hands. Whole or, sorry, she has the whole hand. world in her hands. And I'm not afraid to tear more scars in Bianca's face and take the women's championship. Now, have you seen that, the photo of Bianca's face, by the way, with the with the stitches? I haven't. Last actually. week we, we watched her on. We're like, oh yeah, that's some pretty red blood there. But apparently, she did get cut. She open. got. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, so. I I saw the picture of her bleeding, but I didn't see the stitches. Yeah. So she actually tweeted the next day uh, a photo of her with the stitches in, and she was all swollen up and everything. And so yeah. Wow. She, she got hit somewhere really hard. So anyway, please continue. Okay, then we get the Bray gra- uh, Bray Wyatt graphics on the on the big screen. There's a playground. We see Uncle Howdy on the screen. We see a whole bunch of shots of Alexa Bliss when she was um, part of the whole Bray Wyatt thing, I guess. Alexa's playground. Yep. Yep. And then we see a bunch of like dry ice, and we th- out comes I think Uncle Howdy at the top of the ramp. <laughs> Now, this is where it gets more and more interesting because I'm seeing different things where they're saying there might be an Uncle Howdy and an Uncle Harper as a tribute oh. to uh, Brody Lee, right? Right, right. But right now, 
we're just seeing what we think is Uncle Howdy come out, even though he doesn't look at all like like the original mask. Like the two masks look very different. So I don't know. I can't explain it. But he comes out, and the weirdest thing after this was they just kind of stare at each other. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, fine. But then it just fades out, and we're in commercial. So that's done for the week, I guess. That's the most we get. Uh, but we continue. All right. Segment four, because <clears throat> they went to break. So segment four, back from break, we hear damage controls, entrance music, and out comes damage control. Um, on the way to the ring, they show what happened last week during the tag match between Damage Control and Becky Lynch and Mia Yim. And um, actually, now here's the music geek, uh, the music geek observation for the week. Go ahead. I was really listening to Damage Control's theme music, and there's one part that sounds like the same riff as the Rock's old theme music. Oh man, so, now I gotta listen. I don't have the hookup to to make it so we could all hear that right now, but. Yeah. Uh... I'm yeah, curious. so there you go. So, okay. uh, and and I, I rewound it a few times just to make sure I I wasn't hearing something wrong. So okay, all right. Well, uh, <laughs> everybody listen to Damage Control's music, and you can find out for yourself. Okay, so out comes I'm going to call her Mia Yim because I just can't call her Mia Chim, Mia well, Chin they're, or whatever. They're still calling her Mia Yim. Yeah, they I'm just going to call it back her name again. So that was okay. good. So we got Mia Chin versus Bailey. Um, but before the match, Bailey grabs the mic and says she wants to send a message to Becky Lynch. Uh, she says that Becky's uh, she doesn't know if Becky's jealous of the bond that we as in damage control have or if that she doesn't have any friends. Becky, you're either here tonight because you can't stand what we have or you're not here because you can't stand that you lost to me. And then she basically gives Dakota and Kai the night uh, Dakota Kai and EO Sky the night off. Uh, and uh, we start the match. Uh, Bailey starts pretty quickly. But Mia Chin gets the advantage, uh, hitting some ground and pound and a drop kick. Bailey goes to the outside, and she, but she gets hit with a kick from Mia Yim as we go to break. Segment five, back from break. Uh, Bailey hits a suplex and gets a two count. Uh, they trade offense back and forth, but really the, the end of the match, uh, Bailey gets a backslide near the ropes for the pin with her feet on the ropes with the, for the assist. Yeah, I like that too because it was actually getting away with it. I think too often now we're seeing that that foot on the ropes getting, you know, kicked off or reversed yep. or everything. But no, they got it and they got the win. So yep. good for them. And and the, like uh, like like the fact that they protected the ref on that cuz that's been one of my biggest uh let's say critiques of of AEW is that they don't protect the ref very well. In this one they did. So yep. no heat on the ref, all the heat on Bailey. Perfect. That's it. Um all right, so we go back to the announce table. Kevin Patrick says that Johnny Gargano has a grade 2 AC sprain. And then we go to the back. And hold, hold on a second here, just before right. we go too deep, because we obviously we haven't talked at all about the Vince being backstory and the stock is going through the roof because everybody thinks he's there to sell. Was there any greater sign that Vince McMahon was around, though, than Johnny Gargano not being on Raw? <laughs> <laughs> and trust me, I'm I'm not exactly ecstatic to see the guy back in any sort of authoritarian role here, but that little part of me that just thinks of Johnny Gargano, who I love as a wrestler but can't stand as a promo, says, thank you, Vince. Thank you, Vince. <laughs> oh, man. No Johnny Annoying tonight. Anyway. No, no Johnny Annoying. All right. So Kathy Kelly's in the back, and she introduces Candice LeRae. Uh, Candice mentions that uh, the goal is to get a, a Johnny back at 100%. 
And then she mentions that the Royal Rumble is on the horizon and, you know, who wouldn't want to pave their way to WrestleMania. And at that point, Rhea Ripley comes out and she says, you think you have a chance to win the Royal Rumble. You're delusional. They go back and forth, you know, just talking back and forth. And this basically leads to Candice challenging Rhea to a match later tonight. Um, And then we see Austin Theory walking backstage, and he's coming up next as we go to break. Yeah, A-Town down. All right, so segment six. Back from break, they hype the tag team turmoil match for tonight, and we see uh, it's going to be Cedric and Shelton. Hurt business. (laughs) Oh, we'll get there. We'll get get there. there. Yeah, the uh, the OC, the Street Profits, Judgment Day, and Alpha Academy. Uh, They'll all be fighting for a number one contender spot for the tag team championships. Now we have Austin Theory coming to the ring. I'll admit, man, dude had some good heat when he got there. Yeah. Um, he yells out, the champ is here. To he which I immediately it. texted you and said, he's starting the Cena feud. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you right now. That match is happening. This uh, year, in 2023, right. John Cena versus Austin Theory is going to happen somewhere. Mania? And probably not Mania, because they're talking about Logan Paul, right? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if that Logan Paul match doesn't happen, then Austin Theory, I'm telling you, it's the way to go. The funny thing, the funniest thing would be is if Theory uh, keeps his hair the way it is now and then shaves his face. Because <laughs> I don't know if you remember the last time they stood side by side with each other, like in face to face against each other. Like, Dude looks like a young John Cena, like like even build wise, everything. He's got the same arms, the same everything. It was like, Matt. oh, this could be this could be like the then and now match, you know? So, Ooh, yeah, yeah, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I'm I'm saying that seed is being planted now. I know he's, well, what, through, he's got Rollins to deal with right now, but yeah, yeah. The champ is here was a pretty good sign because I mean that was immediately who what I thought about was Cena, so. Um, okay, so Austin gets the ring. He says, Where's Seth freaking Rollins? I thought he was gonna beat me. And he started getting a what chant, which I thought was funny. Um, he says Rollins limped away from this ring because his old knee couldn't hold up. Seth Rollins was outclassed, outshined, and taken to school by the United States champion Austin Freaking Theory. <laughs> then we hear burn it down. Out comes Seth. He's now he's on crutches. But as about halfway down the ramp, he, he kind of like it's like he was faking it. And he actually walks to the ring. Well, no, he, he comes on his, quote, good leg. Right. So, yes. OK, yeah. fair enough. Um, he gets in the ring. Austin says, you know, you are one of the best. But me, I've surpassed your ass and I'm, I'm on to bigger and better things. Like when I go to the 2023 Royal Rumble and go on to headline WrestleMania, where I'll walk out the undisputed WWE Universal Champion. Seth, in essence, says pretty much the same thing. He says that my knee will be ready in time for the Rumble. Or, sorry, my knee will be ready just in time for me to win the Rumble. And I'll be 100% in plenty of time to main event WrestleMania. He says, I came out here so I could hear you fine folks sing my song. And then he goes right into Austin. He says, I'll see you at the Rumble, kid. And he walks out. All of a sudden, we hear Bobby Lashley's music. Bobby comes out. (laughs) He, he walks past Seth into the ring. Gotta do the fist bumps, right? So right. Okay. 
So anyways, Lashley gets to the ring. He hits a spear on Austin and he throws Austin over the top rope. He gets a mic. He says, my suspension is over and I can't wait to manhandle everyone in the Royal Rumble. Um, We see that Candice versus Rhea is coming up next as we go to break. Yep. Okay. Um, I got nothing here. I'm just I'm I'm so ready for them to pull the pin on Bobby Lee. Let's go. Let's just do this, and that comes up later. So yeah, we're we're gonna get there. In yeah. fact, it's it's after this match, so we're gonna get yeah. there. Okay. So segment seven, back from break, Rhea comes to the ring, as does Candace, and we have Rhea Ripley versus Candace LeRae. Candace has an early advantage, but she gets caught and dropped in her face as she goes for a spinning DDT. Uh, Rhea takes over on offense, basically throwing uh, Candace all around the ring. Candace does get a brief advantage back as she hits a German off the ropes and dumps Rhea from the ring. Uh, she tries for a dive on Rhea, but she gets caught and gets thrown into the barricade really hard. Um, yeah. <laughs> finish of the match. <laughs> finish of the match, though. Back in the ring, sees Rhea, Rhea getting the rip tied on Candace for the pin and the win. Short match, um, but yes, she got thrown into that barricade. Well. Um, <laughs> okay, so now we're backstage, and Byron's like, "Okay, let's. We've got a chance. Let's go. Let's go have a word with Lashley." And he goes to Lashley, goes to ask him a question, but MVP comes in and says that he and the Almighty have some business to discuss. Yes, we do. All right. So MVP says, "I thought you might have something to say. Like, thank you for getting me reinstated to Monday Night Raw. I'm trying to mend fences." Remember, I'm I sent to- you that screen grab from last week where it was just seen very off in the distance, but MVP talking to Adam talking. Pierce the whole time while uh, Damage Control were walking to the ring. But anyway, yep. continue. Okay. He says, uh, I'm trying to mend fences. I'm trying to get, get us back to what we do best. He, he goes on to say, you know, I've made mistakes, but your mistake wasn't so easy to smooth over. But I was able to get Pierce to realize Monday nights need Bobby Lashley. To your point about mm-hmm. those two. And I was able to get Cedric and Shelton to realize the mistakes they made. Tonight, we'll get an opportunity to put some hurt on the bloodline. Oh, excuse me. Sorry, Joe. My, my neck's a little itchy here. Oh, 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 my gosh. Oh, there it is. <laughs> and for those listening to the audio right now, I am sporting my THB, the Hurt Business Bling. <laughs> All right. Lashley says... Yeah. <laughs> he says, I'm not going to forget what went down between us. We're good, but not right now. But they do end up fist bumping. And I got to yeah, tell you, I like that, that that Bobby Lashley isn't just going back. He's like, dude, not right now. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Um, MVP says, handle your business as you see fit. But if you decide to expand that business, my number is the same. That hurt business, if you would. <laughs> and business. Is good. <laughs> All right. Up next. Uh, they, I'm uh, sorry to everybody. I've just offended mostly MVP in the hurt business. So. <laughs> this uh, off, and we can continue with the show. <laughs> all right. Well, up next, they, they they talk about or they they have a further update on Cody Rhodes as we go to break. Oh no! Oh, and and there goes the bling. <laughs> oh no! It's, the stones are everywhere. No. They're everywhere. <laughs> Okay, back from break, they hype up the um, the uh, money in the bank that's uh, going that's going to be in the UK at the O2 Arena on, in July. And next up, we have a Cody Rhodes vignette. Uh, they go through the Hell in the Cell match, his surgery, and his road to recovery, or at least the start of the road to recovery. 
I'm not going to recap it all, but I thought this was very good. And if you get a chance, definitely get your eyes on this. Absolutely. I'm getting my eyes on my bling now to make oh, sure. Oh, God, that stop the, that. <laughs> none of the fake rhinestones got too scuffed up, but no, it's okay. It's good. All right, this okay. Is, this is why MVP doesn't let people handle his real bling, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> Dopes like me would just drop it. Anyway, continue. All right, so now we're in the back, and Kathy Kelly is with Dolph Ziggler, and she asks where his head at is uh, going into this match with Sola Sokoa. Dolph says that uh, the bloodline busted through here a few weeks ago and they did what they do, but they went too far and I'm here for revenge. And suddenly he's interrupted by Ali, Mustafa Ali. Um, this was Al- so weird. Because- yeah, we get there. Hang on. So yeah. he says, Ali says, Pierce offered you and me an opportunity in tonight's tag team turmoil, but you declined it because you want to face solo one on one. You owe me. You cost me an opportunity at the U.S. championship. And tonight you're costing me an opportunity for the tag titles. What is your problem with me? And Ziggler says, tonight's not about tag teams. It's not about the championships. It's not about you. And I hope you understand that. Uh, And then we see Solo wrapping up his thumb backstage and we go to break. Now, your thoughts on this, dude. I hated it. I and I normally don't throw that out there, but I just I, I can't stand whiny Ollie. No, and I'm like, this is the reason I picked him as my worst wrestler of 2022 because of this kind of like creative. It's brutal. Yeah, but that's just it, though. You can't hold him accountable for the creative. That's what he's being given. But it was. Yeah, it was not good. Yeah. It was, OK. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so segment nine, back from break, they show some highlights of Bronson Reed from his NXT days. Uh, Byron Saxon is in the back, and he introduces uh, Bronson Reed and asks why Bronson decided to help the Miz. However, Miz comes in, he interrupts, and he says, because we have each other's backs, and I saw he saw that I was outnumbered. Bronson is a highly ethical man, and you can already see the tension between the two because Bronson's just staring a hole through him. I want everyone to know that if you mess with me, you mess with us. And then Bronson says, no, there is no us. You want something? Pay me. And he walks off screen. Yeah. And that leads us to Solik Sokoa versus Dolph Ziggler. Um, this was, in essence, a squash match. I mean, Ziggler... A two-segment long squash match. But it, yeah. it, it's true, though. But, I mean, he did get some offense in. But for the most part, every time he got offense in... Solo would uh, Solo would cut him off. So, you know, end of the match, Ziggler goes for a famouser, uh, but Solo catches him, tosses him in the air, hits a Samoan spike, and gets the pin in the win. It was actually a pretty good match, though, but that's the match in a nutshell. I like the addition of the uh, the vertical toss into the Samoan yes. spike. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. That was good. Uh, and then after the match, the Usos came out and they celebrate Solo's win. So, so much for security escort escorting them from the building. Okay. They, hang on. Are we there yet? No, we're not there yet. Okay. They show a recap of Dom getting arrested on Christmas Eve, the video, uh, and his part of his promo from last week. Then we see Judgment Day <laughs> walking to the ring from Ms. TV. And... I, I'm going to give a shout out to Boris Aguilar, one of our podcasters, because he was he gave me the word. So Dom's dressed up like a gangster. And I'm like, what's the word? What's the word? I ain't saying the word. You can say it all you want. He, but he, he, he went he went full Cholo. That's okay. that's the, that's what it was. So whatever you say. And uh, we go to break. <laughs> OK, so segment 11. 
Back from break, um, Kathy Kelly is in the back hoping to get a word with Bailey, and she asks if tonight's win sent a message to Becky Lynch. Uh, she says that I sent a message to Becky when I beat her, and I sent the message to me Chin when I beat her, just like we sent the message to the locker room that damage control is the most dominant force in the whole division. Mia Yim comes in. She says that Bailey's a fraud and a cheat, and this basically leads to you know, to damage control, beating down Mia Yim in the back. It was, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, next up, we hear awesome. And it is time for Ms. TV. Mm-hmm. So Ms. welcomes Alabama to Ms. TV. Mm-hmm. He says that he's had notable guests on Ms. TV, like John Cena, like the mm-hmm. tribal chief Roman Reigns. But mm-hmm. tonight... I'm going to give you an exclusive look into our judgment system. And he welcomes Dominic Mysterio. Our, our justice system. Yes, our justice system. Sorry. Yeah, he's bringing out the judgment day. But, and he welcomes Dominic Mysterio. Which, ladies and gentlemen, leads us to another rousing edition of the one, the only, the Tuesday Morning Cook special, Mysterio Peace Theater. All right, Joe, if you check your messenger, I have actually sent you some lines for this week's edition. All right. You will be playing the part of Miz. I uh, will be playing the part of Dominic Mysterio, Rhea Ripley, and Finn Balor. All right. Okay. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let us transform your listening experience to that of Miz TV as only interpreted by Mysterio Peace Theater. Joe. All right. Thank you for being here, Dominic. And I see you brought your whole crew. Sorry there aren't more chairs. I was expecting Dominic and his mommy. But hey, more the merrier. Dominic, removing sunglasses to reveal that he has a teardrop sticker (laughs) under his Which you're going to have to Google the significance of prisoners and teardrops. But anyway, the teardrop tattoo or the teardrop sticker. As he takes off the sunglasses, he looks Miz dead in the eye with his greasy mustache and says, The one thing I learned in prison is you always roll with your crew. And speaking of that, I got to ask, what's it like, you know, on the inside? (laughs) Snitches. Get stitches. Rhea Ripley. It's okay, Dom. Mommy's here. Finn. Hey, Dom. It's okay. You're safe now. You're a free man. You can share your experience, TDD. Miz. Dom, I think I speak for everyone in the arena when I say we all want to know what happened, don't we? No! <laughs> the whole crowd unanimously says no. Dominic then looks at Miz and says, yeah, you want to know? Imagine, imagine being locked up with the world's most dangerous people and not knowing when your next meal's going to be. And it's either push or be pushed. Miz, so what did you decide? You know, I did a lot of thinking and I thought if I'm ever going to see mommy on the other side again, I had to do what I had to do. Rhea. Yeah, he did. Back to Dom. 
And when life comes at you with crazy changes, you just gotta grab it by the balls. You know, kind of like what Maurice does to you. And the crowd goes, oh. <laughs> and scene. Even though that is not the end of this promo, we're not gonna do the entire thing because it goes on and on. Some great lines did come out of this, included uh, Dom saying, now he knows what Martha Stewart feels like. <laughs> And other just ridiculousness. Miz even comes out at one point and says, according to my sources, you're only there for like a couple hours. And then, of course, Judgment Day jump all over him for, for you know, trying to out him as being not really in lockup. So there you go. Okay, wait, wait. I have to, because this is the one line I thought was funny from The Miz. So after okay. uh, after Miz says, my sources say you're only held in county jail for a couple hours, they threaten him. And Miz goes, whoa, hold on. He's wearing a $500 off-white flannel shirt. What are you going to tell me next? He was eating gruel omelets in the clink and he was getting chased by Nementors. I died when he said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole thing is worth a watch, friends. Yeah. If, if we tell you to watch any long, elongated promo from Raw this week, that's it. So yeah, This is the one. Okay. So uh, this basically leads to the start of the tag team turmoil. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is where our Raw review is going to go into ultra fast forward mode. All right, so Gallows and Anderson come out first, and we go to break. All right, so Seg 12, tag team turmoil. Uh, in a nutshell, as one team is eliminated, the next one comes out, and the last team standing wins. So Judgment Day and o- the OC start the match. Finn and Anderson start, and the OC use quick tags to work over Finn. Um, Priest and Gallo, or sorry, Priest and Finn t- take over, though, uh, working over Gallows' leg. Gallows hits a suplex on Priest, tags in Anderson, but the ref gets distracted, allowing Anderson to be dragged out of the ring and thrown into the ring steps as we go to break. Segment 13, back from break. Anderson makes what I think looked like a hot tag to Gallows. He gets a little bit of offense, including a side slam for a two count, but the Judgment Day end up getting the win as Finn gets a roll up on Anderson after a distraction from Dom. Next team in. Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin, and they quickly go after the Judgment Day. The Hurt Business, I mean Shelton and Cedric, pretty much have the advantage for most of this match, but Priest ends up hitting a South of Heaven slam on Cedric, followed by Finn hitting a coup de gras on Cedric, and the Judgment Day get the pin and the win. Yeah, that wasn't the Hurt Business. That was Cedric. That was and Cedric Shelton. and Shelton. Yep. They're, okay. they're not there yet. Yeah. They're getting there. But it's fun. It's fun to say it. So, <laughs> well, matching bling for everyone. <laughs> so up next, uh, Alpha Academy come to the ring, but we go to break. Segment fourteen, back from break. Um, we see Finn hitting a sling blade on Gable, uh, and, and basically, like the Judgment Day are working over Gable for the first part of this match. Uh, they cut the ring in half, and they're, they're they've got offense for most of this. But finally, Otis tags in as as Finn tags in Priest. Otis ends up getting the caterpillar on Priest, and he goes for a splash on Finn, but Finn grabs Gable on top of him, so Otis splashes Gable, and then Priest hits a huge clothesline. He gets the pin and the win over Alpha Academy. Now, after this part of the match, Balor is selling his ribs, and the officials come out, and the doctors basically say he can't go, and the Judgment Day may need to forfeit unless Dom wants to replace Finn in this match where so, in any other sporting competition in anything would this be a thing 
Okay, like let's let's again. Okay, I know you can say like football or baseball or something. I'm not talking about that. That's not the kind of team. Okay, if if the new day were there, they would never in a thousand years say halfway through this gauntlet match. Okay, well Kofi's hurt. Big E can jump in now. Not the Big E's there, right? But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, I know what you're this saying. This just made zero sense. From <laughs> I know why we don't need full logic in wrestling, but still, it's like what? <laughs> Please. All right. So uh, out come the Street Profits as we go to break. Segment 15, back from break. Street Profits are working over Dom. Uh, Ford hits a stomp over the top rope for a pin attempt. Kevin Patrick says uh, that uh, some Instagram stories have lasted longer than Dom in county jail. I thought that was a cool line. Uh, Priest and Ford tag in and Priest gets the advantage. Montez sends Priest to the outside, uh, and he launched, uh, but Priest launches Ford onto the announce table. And then Dawkins does a dive over the top rope, and he takes out both Dom and Priest as we go to break. Ladies and gentlemen, we, we have hit <laughs> segment 16, baby. In record time. I know. Uh, all right, back from break. Uh, Priest hits a rolling punch for a pin attempt on Dawkins. Uh, both Judgment Day, Dom and Priest work over Dawkins, and they get a pin attempt after a slam. Dawkins eventually stops a six one nine attempt, and he gets a pin. Uh, he sorry, and he gets a tag to Ford, who hits a beautiful double cross body block on both Judgment Day members. Uh, Dom kicks out of a bunch of near falls, and he tags in Priest, who cleans house, and he gets a two count on Dawkins after a huge clothesline. But the end of the match sees uh, Ford takes out Priest with a dive over the turnbuckle, then he hits a four fifty on Dom, but Priest breaks up that pin attempt. Uh, and then Dom eventually, after a distraction, gets the pin with Rhea's help, who's holding on to Dom's feet for extra leverage. Judgment okay. Day wins the match. <laughs> Twice in the same night, but sure, why not? Let's yep. do it. And then after the match, as the Judgment Day is going up the ramp, we hear the Usos theme. They come out and they go face-to-face -face with the Judgment Day as we go off the air. And ladies and gentlemen, that is Raw. That's it. Are we splitting the tag titles again, you think? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> Do you? Do we need two sets of tag team champions? Actually, no. You know what? No. Let's have one tag team champ. Let them go through both brands. I'm cool with that. Yep. That's kind of what I'm feeling, too. But that's that's just me. What am I? Yeah. What do I and and I, you know what? I feel the same way about the... Uh, about the um, like the uh, undisputed championship, yeah. have one champion. That's it. Been doing it this long now. Why change it? Yep. And with rumors of a new belt coming out, even better. So. Yep. Okay. Well, that's our look at Monday Night Raw, friends. And as promised, uh, right now, less than an hour. So, Joe, uh, thank you, my friend. No, thank you. If you'd like to hear this every week. And uh, maybe with a little less heavy life lessons at the beginning. <laughs> Feel free to join us on our Patreon, patreon.com slash SNME radio. This week, a uh, special guest will be Brandon Thurston from WrestleNomics on the main show. We're going to see what happens on Wall Street this week. And he's going to help kind of talk us through what all this stuff actually means. Uh, of course, Dave Meltzer will be there. And uh, lots more podcasts for you to listen to this week. SNME radio.com. Bye, Joe. Bye.